Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. God, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Tell me more. He just he cut skin it. off and then started sewing it together in patches. Something, yeah. Was it something you'd wear? Hello and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable with me, Beef. With me always are my co-hosts. This is Bob Shoy. And? Tiss. Lovely stuff. How are we doing, boys? Are we alright? We're alright, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All good. Any news? Um... Tiss, you've just been back from holiday, haven't you? Yeah, I went to Iceland. It was really nice. thing is just, people are going to listen to this... uh, Two weeks from now. January, like the 15th. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. yeah, we're recording this all... It's not even Christmas yet. We're doing a bit of a backlog of recording, because I'm away for January, so we're going to keep the content coming, guys. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's up to me to get it all up there um, throughout the break. Mm. I feel like I need a holiday. You now you guys are both in a way, or you're going away soon. Mm. Yeah. You're going to need a holiday after uploading the two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> You've only got to upload one. All, all that uploaded. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to stress me out, I'll tell you. At least I'm not editing. Yeah, um, I've got to edit three episodes <laughs> yeah, before I go. Yeah. <laughs> I love the beefs laying it on about the uploading side yeah. of it. Mate, it's going to take me minutes. I'm going I'm to have to... Uh... I'm just going to have to continue as normal and wait for the uploads to just yeah. go up. You've got like a whole month to prepare your next episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. You better be good. I mean, I'm sitting in a pretty sweet position right well, now. Well, not really, because the expectation is going to be so high. Oh, uh, well. This is, this is uh, yeah, you're going to have to break through something amazing. Mm-hmm. So. New year, new me. It's going to be it's going to be a crazy episode. Some of your comments on social media when you were away were really philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> like way too deep. Really? It's because I was in Iceland. Yeah, I'm going to read them out. Can I read them out? You can read them out. Tears, I'm going to read them out. philosophy? Um, well, there's a little bit of um, psychology, philosophy in the episode today. So this is... Philosophy um... of the way. This <laughs> <laughs> is just a feature now we just read Tiss's statuses. Mm. Okay. This is the section in the pod where we read Adam's whereabouts for the last few weeks. Can I just... What I'm going to do, because this gives an insight into how Tiss's brain works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> right, I'm gonna read like so. This was uh, last Saturday. So this was you were like just about to go twice, and then weren't you last Saturday? No, you were there, right? I was there. Yeah, yeah. you were there. Yeah, yeah I was there. This is um, I was there in full swing. This is Adam Tissington. It says 
Try to take five to ten minutes today off your past, future, and focus on the present moment. What's happening around you? Who's around you? Don't switch off. Switch on. This is the only moment that truly exists in your life. So I read wow. that. And I was I'm like, not expecting that from you. Yeah, yeah. that's really deep. Um, and then it's Make followed me up with. Reassess weird... my life. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even to do with Iceland. That was just uh, it's making me just reassess my friendship thought. with you. Uh, and then it's followed up by a really lovely picture um, of a waterfall because mm. you're in Iceland. Two lovely pictures, um, stunning, really. Um, and and then you've kind of like shared someone else's status where they've said Christmas is a time to hug your friends. Do it as soon as you can and as often as you can. Oh. I loved that. Does that mean you were going to give us massive hugs when you leave today? Because <laughs> yeah. you sort of teased it already. I would hug you on the pod. And by it this time, come across. It doesn't doesn't work. We'll put an emoji to it or something. Yeah. But I'll I put a stupid sound effect while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> by this time, I was getting a bit concerned. I was thinking, this is not the Tiss I know. He's been hacked. <laughs> However. <laughs> Hacked by the Dalai Lama, <laughs> and then yesterday, I was watching the sun above the clouds earlier, and imagine this is going. And imagine what it would be like to be a sunflower. I have so much to learn. Wow, all true. It's great. Wow, this is what happened since you got back on Facebook. However, this is it's not tempting me to come back. Yeah, I was not. getting really, really concerned then. I was thinking this is not. This is really, this is really weird. going to kill themselves later today. Yeah, this is depressing. <laughs> However... Depressing? <laughs> I imagine myself as a sunflower. That's not depressing. Your next post is... I'm going to show you, Bob, for, for comedy right, value, because okay. you'll laugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a screenshot from Shenmue. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> yeah. And then a video of Nirvana Lithium live at Reading in 1992. So uh, this is literally my Facebook feed for we the got, last week. We got straight back on track, so that's wow, good. Wow, that is um, anyway. that's a bit all over the place. <laughs> so feel um, right. <laughs> I feel great. Okay, you know where you are. It's yeah. nice that you you maybe you should live. Actually, no, 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 no. Maybe you shouldn't live in Iceland because <laughs> if he lived in Iceland, we get statuses like that all the time. Hmm. I would enjoy it. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad yeah. thing? So my episode this week, you guys already know what it is because I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. It <clears> seems like. Um, the accurate topic for Tiss's Facebook behaviour. It's like the way he's going. <laughs> yeah. Is this murderers? <laughs> uh, well, this week, what I wanted Better to do... Not be. It, it feels like, um, not that you guys know, but it feels like the episodes that I've done, the last ones have been quite deep. So I've done near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. Like I've done, like, demonic possession. I did... Yeah, so they've they've been quite... Quite deep, and I wanted to do something that's it's still quite deep, but I wanted to take a bit of a break from the spiritual aspect mm-hmm. um, and focus this week on serial killers. Mm. So we're looking at serial killers, um, and I can I can see you thinking, well, what's like the weird aspect of that? What's unexplainable about serial killers? Well, actually, when you look into it, there's an awful lot there that's kind of weird, um, and a lot of the psychology behind what they do is, is some of it is unexplainable, and some of it is just creepy so it does fit in oh i love it yeah it's it amazing is, it's weird tales it is weird tales. weird tales it is weird are tales. we gonna do the psychopath test on tiss <laughs> based on his status i think we already know <laughs> but um <laughs> it's the opposite though right surely the opposite uh, what you've got a free mind that's normally where murderers yeah. come from in it to no. having a free mind and the psychopath expressing test. themselves too much one of the things on the psychopath test is empathy and empathy is something that I feel. 
So I can't be a psychopath. Mm. What do you feel okay. in your life? What do you feel most empathy towards? Other people. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say like <laughs> myself. Shamu. <laughs> Shamu. <laughs> Products. So yes, yeah, so I wanted to look at serial killers. I wanted to look at the psychology behind what makes serial killers, and we've also got some very famous serial killers on here. So if you're listening to this pod, and this is something uh, most of our, our listeners are American, which is awesome. Mm. You've probably heard of most of these guys. I've tried to get some American serial killers, and I've taken some well-known, notorious uh, British ones as well. Okay. Because some of the stuff is fascinating. I'm very interested. I know like quite a lot of the famous serial killers. I find it fascinating. So I'm interested to see which ones you've picked out for this episode. What I want to do, um, I've got a few articles here. Um, I just wanted to, first of all, look at sort of what makes... A serial killer, a serial killer. What is it that, you know, what kind of triggers their thoughts? Um, and so I've got here, I don't know how helpful this is, uh, but this is how to spot a serial killer. Right, okay. And it's criminologists have looked into the five key traits. So mm-hmm. they're the most notorious, they're five things that the most notorious murderers have in common. Mm. Um, they kill people. They kill people. <laughs> <laughs> they go to prison. <laughs> First of all, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to feed back, uh, I'm going to tell you, these things, I want you guys to feed back to me. Whether you agree, okay, and like what to what extent, and you know, what, just your general thoughts. Really, I disagree with the criminologists. <laughs> I can't know more than them. Well, just because they're yeah, criminologists sure. doesn't mean <laughs> that they're right, does it? It's just okay. their their opinion. Okay. So number one, mm-hmm. so we're looking at um, if if you're British, you you know about the Moor murderers. This was in the eighties. If right. I show you the picture, you'll know the picture. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Is that uh, Fred Weston Rose? No, that's no. Um, Ian Brady. No, Ian Brady and uh, Myra Hindley. Oh, okay. You heard those names? No. No. Okay. Same pictures, though. Um, but the first one, the first trait, is that serial killers are like power junkies. Right. So, for whatever reason, it could be religion, it could be politics, it could just be uh, a social like belief, I guess. But there could be something which drives someone and gives them power. So it makes them, like... Almost like go after power as if it's like a drug. Mm. And this is a quote that one of the criminologists has says that they're intent on exerting some kind of control over the people around them. They often hold back bits of crucial information in a bid to maintain yeah. power over the situation, gain attention, and assert a warped sense of authority. Yeah, this is like when you get serial killers who like play with the police and force and stuff like that. Like they leave clues because they think it's more. It gives them more power that the police can't work them out or whatever. Yeah, makes yeah. them feel more or clever. Misleads them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But mm. they always ah. become too clever for their own good. Yeah, that's, and sometimes when the they crux. they ca- capture the person, but they don't kill them because like they have power over them while they're alive, and mm. they'll hold off the actual killing and stuff. Mm. Ah. Yeah, so I thought that was quite interesting. Another British murderer who this is probably like 15 years old now, but um, Doctor Harold Chipman. Oh, I knew he was going to come up. Yeah, he had to come up, right? Oh, uh, Chippy. Yeah, the good shit old man. chippy, not good old, How bad old, bad man. old chippy. Um, what a ship muncher! <laughs> <laughs> um, Harold Chipman was kind of like he was like the modern day Doctor Death, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Who's <laughs> Doctor Death? <laughs> <laughs> so Doctor Death, well, this fits in as well. So d- d- do you really not know? I'm oh, telling really you. Okay, fine, that's cool. Um, so Doctor Death, during the Second World War, mm-hmm. he was a member of the Nazi Party. He basically experimented on live and dead human beings mm-hmm. so he would they would take dead 
Jewish bodies from the concentration camps to him and he'd experiment on them. He yeah. then kind of got a bit uh, warped, I guess. I, I don't, mm. I, I haven't actually got him down as one of the guys to talk no, about, right. if I'm honest. Um, but from what, from my memory, he then kind of got a bit too addicted to it um, and then started like doing experiments on live people and basically torturing them until they died. Mm. Like testing pain and stuff, you know, like weird. He would do things um, and he would do, so there were, he used to make furniture out of people's skin. So he used to... Yeah, he went a little bit too far. He went a little bit mad. <laughs> wow. He um, So he ended up doing the experiments and then yeah. he ended up, so he had paperweights on his desk at home made of like people's bones um he made lampshades out of human skin mm. like this guy was a freaking nutcase um so save money on lots of home sort of <laughs> decorations though right i can't uh... believe he just did that but i mean harold shipman wasn't that i mean he he was a oh, murderer he was he was, he was what he did was horrific um but he he didn't you wouldn't be able to get away with that in this day. Again, it's that power, though, isn't it? It's that uh, yeah. trust. He's he's abusing the trust. But you didn't actually say for people listening who Harold Shipman was. Oh yeah, so sorry. Um, Harold Shipman was he was just he was a doctor. Mm. He was a so he was a NHS qualified, certified doctor, um, running a practice in England. Uh, this was like the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, it does. It feels really recent. It feels it recent, but it yeah, wasn't. I think it was. It was more than ten years ago. It, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and um, from my recollection, he didn't. He wasn't it like he would. You he would get overdose people yeah, on um, the like anaesthetic they would need for surgery. Mm. So he would basically he would um, the patients that were going in for sort of the surgery where it was a bit hairy as to whether they would make it or not. He kind of used that as an excuse mm. to then come out the other end and be like, "Yeah, he'd get off." Guess what, guys? I'm really sorry. They they died. They didn't make it. When actually, what happened was they he would wait and then just. There's a lot of elderly people as well. It was yeah he yeah he prayed he used his power to pray on the elderly mm. and physically infirm yeah like yeah. it was he was a nasty piece of work. Um, he was a right. C- yeah. Um. But this is kind of the <clears> second trait also described how Chipman as well. I agree with this wholeheartedly. Is that they're um, they're like they're a manipulator. Mm. Um, so they they look for vulnerabilities in people. They look for vulnerabilities in systems as well, and exploiting them and manipulate them as much as they can. Okay, so we've got power tripping, manipulators. Yeah. Uh, number three, an egotistical bragger. Mm. Braggarts. Braggarts. Actually, most of the people we're going to look at tonight brag about some aspects of their life so they they brag about the power they've got or they mm. brag about their skills some of them get off on the fact that they couldn't that no one knows who they are they no one they're not being found mm. that they're able to leave no trace at all of their murders so that's that's what they get and some of them it's just it's something completely different it's, it could be their money or their wealth or their fame or whatever that's number three number four this is um someone i'm going to focus on um, and that's that they are charmers, mm. but they're superficial charmers. So it's all fake. Yeah. It's um, almost linked to that power thing again. Like yeah. I can like con someone into thinking I'm so charming. Yeah. It's really interesting how it all weaves together. So I've got a quote here um, from one of the doctors that um, put this article together. It says serial killers tend to have a very good grasp of other people's emotions and are quick to pick up on any 
vulnerability or weakness in order to convince them into doing things they normally wouldn't do. So many murderers, maybe not serial murderers, but we had, um, I don't know, I can't really say names, can I? I, don't, I think this is quite sensitive, even now, what? like the, the Bulger case. You can say it. Well, they, they weren't they, um, they, they were kind of exploitative of the little boy that they murdered, weren't they? But they, but they were also being exploited by, I think they were like, they had their, um, their input from other people in their lives who were like trying to get them to do things they wouldn't, so they wouldn't normally go and murder a two year old. But through being charmed from other people, I think I'm pretty sure that's how, anyway, Ted Bundy is one I'm going to look at. All right. Yeah. He's in the superficial charm section. And uh, I'll come on to him later, but he was he was a raper, a rapist, a murderer. I think he murdered like thirty women or something like that. Mm. He was known for his charm. Uh, and but it's lo- like um, that charm as well. That's how like cult leaders get away with it because yeah. they're so charming and oh, they've got really good ideas and yeah. you know they can charm you to believing absolute twaddle. Yeah, <laughs> twaddle. Yeah. And the last one, and this is probably the scariest trait for me is that they're just an average person yeah um you wouldn't pick them out from a lineup and be like oh he's dodgy. no they would and, seem really normal and actually of all the people we're going to look at now mm. uh i would say all, all of them seem average people they come from average backgrounds average education really really average family lives that like no none of them that i'm going to look at anyway come from crazy backgrounds you know, it doesn't. It doesn't often work like that. Mm. Um, and Fred West is pictured here. Um, we'll get these on the blog somehow later. But mm-hmm. another prolific killer. I'm going to look at. Um, they always look him normal when you look them in the pictures. Look yeah, like, just like your dad or something. And normally their um, no. their families are completely shocked, aren't they? Normally yeah, when they yeah, find yeah. out, they're like, "Well, they it just that was just you know, Uncle Fred or whatever." Yeah. Is any of that like? Does that all? That's what you guys were thinking. Was it quite interesting? Yeah, I can, I can. Um, it was interesting. I can definitely see where all those points are coming from. Could you add anything to those lists? Like, what traits are there for you that you think you could pop in there? Mm. This. It's kind of like the psychopath test, isn't it? Have you read? Have you heard about the psychopath test? Um, you guys are going to do it in a minute. Hairs oh, really? Hairs, Hairs yeah. checklist. Is this Hairs, Hairs checklist? Um, well, I don't know. There's quite a few online. Hairs. I've got. Um, I've got one that, because Channel 4, a few months ago, uh, one of the mainstream channels in the UK on TV, um, they did like a week of this kind of stuff. Mm. So they did a week looking at different serial killers and then the psychology behind it and they looking at psychopaths and what it what it is to make a psychopath. And that often we think of psychopaths as just these crazy, demented murderers and actually they're not. Mm. Psychopaths are everywhere. They're, you know, people could be psychopaths in business um, you know, for example, if you're high in business uh, and you've got to try and fire someone, it's not going to be that helpful if you've got that empathy there. You know, if you've got to fire someone two days before Christmas, if you don't have that empathy, you're going to mm. be a great businessman because you think logically and you just get to the rational to, part um, of the business. To bring a film into it. It's American a bit Psycho. like American Psycho, yeah. yeah. He's, um, he's just ruthless and no one notices because you're so faceless in those corporations so he completely gets away with it and... Uh... Mm. Yeah, goes to town on some people, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could say that. Uh... <laughs> when I read the Psychopath Test by John Ronson, which is a great book, uh, that was all about that. Literally, mm. like about people in business, psychopaths every day. 
So at the top of the show, when I said we're going to run tests for the psychopath test, and we all laughed, we actually are. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to run um, both of you through it. Okay. Um, Fucking, now I'm worried. I might come out as a. We're uh, we're going to do it at the same time. So it's I'm going to make you... me become a psychopath. I'm going to ask you both the same question. There's eleven questions. Okay. Good. Um, are we doing this now? Yeah, we're going to do oh, it now. Okay. Right. Yeah. Why not? We mentioned it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Um, eleven questions. There's uh, so you've got like, imagine a scale where you've got agree this end and then disagree the other end so like right. a big spectrum there's no there's four like markers on this test but I'll just uh, gauge it by your, your answers so okay. the, some of them are quotes and you've just got to oh I'll give you the quote and you've got to tell me yeah I agree with that or no okay. I, I, don't think, I don't think so I feel like every day I'm in a different mood so I could listen back to this and be like what was I thinking with my answers yeah <laughs> it's not that's what I mean it is quite it's quite vague yeah. so if you guys get like 90% psychopaths don't worry about it too much oh, I'm <laughs> When you, you get, don't worry about it, what? Yeah. Oh, you get 100% psychopath. I'm sure the other two will be worrying. <laughs> don't worry again. about it. Just kill it, kill it, kill it. Um, when you give your answer, if you agree and it's like you strongly agree, mm-hmm. say that. If it's if you're like, no, I completely disagree with that, say that. If mm. it's like, no, nah, then I'll, I'll yeah. We gauge anyway. like just slightly one way or the other. Yeah. yeah okay. So, um, question number one. You rarely catch me making any plans. I'm far too spontaneous. Um, I would. Oh, well, I, you that you rarely catch me. You no, rarely I catch disagree me with yeah. that because I make plans. For, I normally am planning stuff out. You make plans, but I all like. The time. But I wouldn't. It's weird because I would say, yeah, I strongly do because I always feel like I'm organising stuff. Mm. But at the same time, I do like a, a certain amount of freedom. Yeah, like when um, I. For example, when I was traveling around Europe, I didn't book my accommodation because I wanted that freedom. So that wasn't 100% planned. Mm. So I would say not 100%. No. But like, yeah, like 75, okay. 80%. I'll do, I'll do this on my phone. So well, if I do, if I put you like there, basically. Yeah. That's a disagree, right? Yeah. yeah. That's towards disagree, but not completely okay. disagree. I'm um, the same. You're the same? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, so oh. next. Question oh. number two. I'd have no problem cheating on my partner if I knew I could get away with it. Oh, strongly disagree. Yeah, strongly disagree. Yeah, I thought so. I'm very faithful. Yeah, I thought so. So the third one: if I got a better offer, I wouldn't mind cancelling long-standing plans. No, strongly disagree. Would a better offer of what? Work, because I do that in work all the time. If I'm working on a site and I get a better offer, I'm like, yeah, fuck this. So I would slightly agree. Okay. And you would strongly disagree. do the question again. So I'm, I'm if, if I got if I got a better offer, I wouldn't mind cancelling long-standing plans. You did that. You were planning to go to New Zealand. It wasn't a better offer, but you cancelled. No, plans. I think what it means though. I think what it means is if imagine we are you faithful to imagine we had like a dinner planned mm-hmm. all year, mm-hmm. and then I'll, then the Crawford were having like a Chris, I was just like, oh, I'll go to the Crawfords. That's what I. That's yeah. how I see it. It's basically so it. Strongly yeah. disagree. I would, I would stay with the plan. I'm sort of in the middle on that. Okay. When, I when it yeah. comes to work, definitely. Mm. If it comes to friends, probably not. Well, mm. wouldn't. But yeah, I'd go like slightly agree. Okay. Well, that's what I put for you. Yeah. Um, this one, I think I know the answer to this already. Okay. Um, I don't get bothered by seeing animals injured or in pain. Oh no, that's horrible. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> You're a vegan. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I don't like seeing that. That's horrible. Okay. 
Um, it would be fun to drive fast cars, ride roller coasters, and go skydiving. No. No. Really? You go, what, you go strongly or slightly? I, I don't find any of that fun. No, me neither. Mate, you used to that. love going on roller coasters. Yeah, you got addicted to roller coasters <laughs> one time. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they, they're all right. But, like, it's not like... I wouldn't say you were strongly. I think what, this is saying... This is, this is not necessarily... Well, this like is not necessarily... Cars, roller coasters and... It's more saying, are you a thrill? Do you love thrill? Do you love, really. like, adventure and... No? I would say strongly for me. Okay. You would go strongly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have felt slightly for you. Okay. I do like roller coasters, but it's not something anymore that really factors into my... You got over that. I'd, I'd rather go to a mountain range than... Fort Park. What's worrying me right now is how similar my answers are to this. Yeah. <laughs> You're both psychopaths. <laughs> We're going to kill each other. Um, the or am I manipulating you? Yeah, 20. Beef's the big manipulator. Yeah, episode 20, he's throwing the sun to the death. <laughs> Two psychopaths, one has to come out of it. Live fight. Oh, God. Question six. I think it's okay to step over other people to achieve my own ambitions. No, I strongly disagree. Yeah, I, don't, I disagree with that. Yeah, I thought so. Number seven, I'm very persuasive, and getting people to do what I want is a real ta- um, talent of mine. Um, strongly disagree. I would slightly disagree because I think I can be persuasive if the a situation needs it, but it's not something that appeals to me. So I'd say slightly disagree. Okay, awesome. Number eight, my ability to make quick decisions mean I would suit a dangerous job. So can you make decisions like that no. that would benefit you in a dangerous job? I'd like some days. Um, let me think. Strongly disagree. Are you going strongly disagree? I take disagree? my time on every... Yeah. I would say slightly disagree. Number nine, we're nearly there. When the people around me are crumbling under pressure, I'm usually the one with the cool head. No. So I mean, no. Am I the one with the cool head? I would say you're probably the most cool-headed out of all three of us. I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to mi- mm. manipulate your answers, but mm. I think we have to give beef the test after this. I would slightly. I've already taken it. <laughs> I would <laughs> slightly agree with that. So yeah, okay. I'm not like the go-to guy under pressure. I would have actually said the go-to guy under pressure. I'll turn to is beef, mm. but uh, I can handle myself to a certain extent. I don't know. Though. I think I seem so cool under pressure because. Inside. I'm not. Do you put on a facade? You like put on a front? Oh. Well, no, maybe because I'm trying. I'm already counteracting the fact that I'm not cool under pressure by trying to be cool. Do you know what I mean? So you would say slightly. slightly. Slightly not. Slightly disagree. Slightly disagree, yeah. I would slightly agree. Okay. Awesome. If someone gets conned, who cares? They're asking for it. Mm, strongly disagree. Slightly agree. It depends on the situation, but sometimes people tell me stuff. I'm like, "What do you expect?" <laughs> fucking idiot. If I see something happen on like when people like when, when you it's see obviously it on, a con, I'm like, "What?" Did when you, you put expect? it on eBay and it's like free Xbox One, <laughs> yeah. and it's like someone drew it with a coloring pencil, yeah, and they spent like six hundred pounds. Well, yeah, you're an idiot. Well, does it I enjoy people? Doing no, no, no. It's not that you enjoy it, but you don't care when people get. Yeah, it. and it's like it depends. If it's like some my friend got their card. Nicked and all their money got taken. I'm like, that mm. sucks. There's nothing you can do about it. But if it's an obvious con, I'm like, well, what do yeah. you expect? So I say slightly agree. Yeah. That, and Tissue says strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. Right, okay. Cool. Last one. I'm rarely to blame for things going wrong. It's usually the fault of the people around me. <clears throat> slightly disagree. Slightly agree. Slightly but agree. I think that's me blaming other people. Strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. Okay. 
So this yes, now we're gives us. The vine um, towards the end here. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I forgot about this bit, but it's still. Um... <laughs> the last question. Are you a psycho? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the idea of killing people? Anyone... No, no, no. It's not. These aren't questions. This helps them um, put the like the the research together. So it's basically saying. So it's asking for your your age. Tish, you're twenty six, and Bob, you're twenty seven. Um, and you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I occupation. I thought I was 28. 28 soon. Occupation. Lucky. Plasterer. They don't have any. Plasterer's the closest thing that'll be on there, yeah. They don't have that. Well, Plasterer's not on there. They don't have Plasterer. Well, they have electrician, though. Yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Just for electrician, it's basically. I'm the not same on the No, I don't put an electrician. Did what? It's dry liner on there. Because <laughs> that's actually more specific. Yeah. Um, just for builder. No, I'm gonna have to put a oh, building trade. Yeah, building trade. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Favorite favorite news source. So this can be a favorite newspaper, or it can be um like an app, or it can be a website. Literally, normally get like ninety percent of my news from Twitter. Okay. Uh. Yeah, probably like social media. The closest to that for both of you is um, BBC News website. Or I don't read the news. Yeah, well, I, don't I don't read, read the, the news. news. You don't read. Them I genuinely yet. don't read them. No, yeah. no, that's fine. Um, favorite animal? Really? I don't know. That's weird. There's a weird one, isn't it? Um, I'll give you the options: kitten, puppy, fish, snake, rabbit, hamster, piranha. Puppy. Um, puppy man. Well, I change because I love dogs more, but at the moment I've got a cat, so I love my cat more than any other pet because it's my pet. Okay. I'll but then it. I really want some fish. Kitten for now. Um, last one. <laughs> favorite favorite music: heavy metal, indie, classical, country, jazz, pop, rap. Dance. Dance. It's like the closest for you, right? Um, I would say closest for me would be like indie. Yeah, okay. Right, that that is now generating... Oh, wow, okay. This is um, a fairly... Quite different. I'm excited. So, who wants their answer first? What What is... Are they just going to say you're not a psychopath, or are they going to tell you how much of a psychopath you're not? Even if you scored 100, it doesn't say psych- you're a psychopath. Right, okay. Um, Tiss... Your place on the psychopathic spectrum, six percent. Okay. Wow! <laughs> um, and then it gives you a little blurb. So it says you are warm and empathetic, with a heightened awareness of social responsibility and a strong sense of conscience. You like to carefully weigh up the pros and cons of a situation before you act, and are generally averse to taking risks. You are very much a people person and dislike conflict. Do unto others are your watchwords. But although you avoid hurting others, those residing at the higher end of the psychopathic spectrum might not be as considerate. So stay vigilant and avoid being hurt unnecessarily. Oh, you're the victim, Tess. Sounds like me. Yeah. This is. Um, it's, it's, I just want to say before you read mine, it's good that we've done this episode like so far into our run because I feel like it's given regular listeners a chance to get to know us a little bit better. Yeah, if we were doing yeah. this on episode one, they'd be like, I don't care. But they yeah, sort yeah. of know us a little bit from listening. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh, right, okay, so Tiss is like that, they're learning more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Tiss isn't a psychopath. <laughs> Bob's like 94%. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side. Um, your score yeah. is 33%. Ooh, okay. So you're a little bit higher. Okay, a little bit, yeah. But this shows Still... how this test is made, because your blurb is the same as Tiss's. Oh. So you're in the same category, so I guess any higher than 40% would mm. be... It might different... be to do with what you've chosen as well. Like, sorry, your music's chosen. the same, or like, um, not your music, but um, your your jobs are fairly similar. Mm. You chose the same for your income, mm. and like some of your answers were the same. Mm. Um, and I would then... say that's fairly accurate, though. That test, it felt like, mm. yeah, pre- like our answers seemed pretty straight on, and um, 
It, um, the percentage, I'm actually kind of like, yeah, that's probably about right. It gave a good like insight, didn't it, into um, like into the sort of things that would make a psychopath a psychopath. How would you account for someone who is just completely normal and then one day just snaps? Though, have they got that in them, or have they just been driven? I wonder to a point if I wonder if all of us. I wonder if all of us have got that. Yeah, like where is everyone's tether in you? Yeah, um, I'm at the end of my tether. This gives you like a little. Do you want me to read? Um, this is about the psychopathic spectrum. Right. So I'll, um, I won't read all of it because it's quite long. Paraphrase, I'll just pick out yeah. bits, yeah. Uh, when most people think of psychopaths, Hannibal Lecter usually springs to mind. But actually, being psychopathic doesn't necessarily mean you're a serial killer or even that you'll break the law. Some of us may score higher um, than others, but unless you score high on all of them, you don't really have anything to worry about. Mm. Another misconception about psychopaths concerns diagnosis. A lot of people think that you're either a psychopath or you're not. That it's all very black or white, but there is evidence to suggest that it's not as clear cut as this. In fact, psychopathy, like height and weight, for example, lies in a spectrum. So it's, they're saying that this test is not a clinical. It's just it's just showing you um, personality traits that you know would make you psychopathic, not a psychopath. Mm. Just so it says. Uh, sure, these traits may well come in handy if you aspire to be an axe murderer, but they can also come in handy in the courtroom, on the trading floor, or in the operating theatre. It just depends on what else you've got going on you in your personality and the start you get in life at the sharp end you may well find your serial killers and axe murderers but all of us have our place at some point along the continuum so i thought that was quite an interesting look at... shall i um i'll put a link on the blog to this psychopath test as well yeah it's um psychopath.channel4.com okay so it's channel four the number four rather yeah. than spelled out um so what we're going to do now we're going to talk about some of these these ones right here we go briefly Lovely, incoming. Cool. Just got ourselves a cup of tea. Oh, that'll be my. If we could get a dream sponsor for the show, Weird Tales, sponsored by Yorkshire Tea. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to look at some of the most prolific murders, like I said earlier. So we've got some videos, we've got some stuff. You might know some of it, you might not. Mm-hmm. I was talking to you guys in the pub last week about H.H. Mm. H. Holmes. Yes. Right. Um, and I've told you guys all about him. So for the listeners, I'm just going to quickly like gloss over who he is. Um, essentially, he was America's first serial killer. Um, he was a very educated man, came from a very, very normal background, good upbringing, solid upbringing in the States. He ended up, if you, basically, this is, um, this is my uh, recommendation of the week. Okay. It's, um, if you, I think it's still on Netflix. There's a documentary about him. Uh, which shows, and it's it's from the perspective of two women who are the great granddaughters of his first murderer. Okay. Murder. So um, he pretty much just preyed on his friends. What's so, the doc called, by the way? Um, my recommendation for the week. Okay. Uh, is a documentary that I've just for some reason I can't find it on Netflix anymore. So I don't know whether it's gone in the last week or so. But I watched it last weekend with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just called America's First Serial Killer. Right, okay. I'm sure you can track it down somewhere. It's on YouTube. I've oh, just okay. seen it. It's there on YouTube. Is it H.H. Holmes? It's H.H. H. Holmes, yeah. H.H. Yeah. H. Holmes. Oh. Holmes. <laughs> Ken Holmes. Like Sherlock Holmes. Right. There's um, there's also another documentary which I haven't seen, so I, I'm not recommending it, but not because I don't like it, just I haven't seen it, called um, The Devil in White City. Right. Um, Is that about the same bloke? Same guy. H.H. H. Holmes. H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> um... But he ended up having, he um, bought a piece of land and built what he 
what people now know as Murder Castle. Right. So he got different contractors to do. He different... didn't call it that at the time, did he? <laughs> Not at the time. No, <laughs> I don't think. He, I don't think he got his plumber in, and he's like building this uh, murder castle. I mean, uh, hotel. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, no, he got different contractors to do different parts of the building, and he kind of built it almost like just this crazy building full of traps, trap doors. Sounds like the haunted house at a fairground. Pretty much, yeah. There are different secret rooms, secret passageways, um, doors to rooms that weren't just like fake doors um, to mask this horrific, horrific place that he'd built. He ended up killing 200 people. He only confessed to about 30 murders, but they found 200 bodies at the time. Um, Some people he gassed. Um, he gassed a couple of children by like luring them into like a treasure chest, shutting it and sitting on it, and then releasing oh, the gas. That's rank, isn't it? Um, he murdered some people just Horrible. in their sleep. He like released gas as they slept, so they didn't die. They died gradually in their sleep, so they just never woke up. Mm. Some people, um, and he what he ended up doing, um, he had a friend that worked for um, a university. He was like a, a college professor. He was a scientist, and he was after skeletons. And he kept coming to him and saying, I need a skeleton that's got like a blunt force trauma on its head so that I can we I can look at it with my students and we can examine it. He kind of worked out that H.H. H. Holmes mm-hmm. had um, just had a way of getting these skeletons. Yeah, He came up with this whole ruse, this whole plan as to how he could actually get it. The way he got it was that he murdered people. Um, burnt, like God just got rid of all the skin, just like, Ugh. so that they were just skeletons. If it was a blunt force trauma, there's one story where there was a blunt force trauma um, that he needed. So he um, kind of created a bed, almost like a Wallace and Gromit bed, where it like goes into the wall. Oh yeah. But instead of it going into some nice trousers, uh, <laughs> like in nice Wallace and trousers, Gromit, yeah. the wrong trousers. The wrong, he went into the wrong trousers. <laughs> he didn't go into any trousers. <laughs> um, the victim just landed on their head and died instantly. <laughs> I've got no trousers, Gromit. I've smashed my head in. <laughs> the wrong trousers, Gromit. I'm falling upside down, Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dog, right? What a fucking calamity. So I'm not going to go too much into... I want I want our listeners, I would love for you guys to go and watch the documentary because mm. it does a much better job and I want you guys to watch it as well. It does a I much better it. job of... You watched it? I think I've watched it. No, you think you've watched oh, it? on Netflix. It's just called H.H. Holmes, isn't it? Um, there's, I think it's H.H. H. Holmes and then like America's a colon and then America's yeah. First Circle or something like yeah, that. Um, one oh, of his right. quotes, and this is interesting because a lot of people, if they don't say that they're psychopaths, um, there's, there's basically like three different reasons why people say people murder people. Mm-hmm. So one is that they're psychopaths. One um, is just you snap, mm-hmm. something happens, you lose it and it's like it just it could happen to anyone. Here's it's just moment. like a, ah, you know, you can't control yourself, you go crazy. And the third one Interestingly enough, this is not limited to people with a faith. Lots of people around the world tend to see that people who murder others have like a demon inside them, so they're possessed. Some people, um, when back back in the World War with the Nazis, uh, thought Hitler was pretty much the devil incarnate. Like he was pretty much the Antichrist. H.H. H. Holmes said this in his confession before he kind of like handed himself in. Um, and he said, I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer, no more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world. And he has been with me since. 
which I thought was quite an interesting quote. It's passing, quite an interesting thing the blame, to say. Ask me. Yeah. <laughs> it could just be that that's what it is, but it could it could be, and this is where some people say it could be that that's what it is. Mm. That there's they're they're possessed by something demonic. It's like a horrific thing. It's they're basically creating evil by doing evil things, and so therefore, and some of that could even be put down to like um, almost like a type of schizophrenia where they've got another voice telling them to do these bad things, and yeah, and trusting that other voice. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's really interesting. I don't think any of these guys we're going to look at, apart from from now on, mention this at all. Um, a couple of them blame themselves. Hmm. Um, Ted Ted Bundy, for example, we'll come on to him later. He's very interesting. He blames himself completely. Yeah. Um, we're going to look at. Um, I want to really just want to two two cases of mass suicides. Okay. It's a bit of a grey area as to whether people. Some people say they're mass suicides. Some people say they're mass murders. Mm. I would suggest they're mass murders just I, by. Yeah. The very nature of what even they if do. they're doing it intently, they've been coaxed into it. Yeah, and it's the person who's at the head who wants it to happen, so he's killing them. Yeah, exactly. With his words, softly. So what I'm going to do? Um, have you guys heard of the Jonestown massacre? Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Yeah. Have you not heard of it? Tiff? Is it the Kool Aid one? Is it the Kool Aid guy? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Before I tell you. Yeah. Bob, you know about him. Uh, yeah, I just find him interesting. I've heard clips of him before, and I just. I find him fascinating because these people like this are so fascinating. This, you're like, how could you become that? How could you be that? Um, yeah. I've just had interest in Jim Jones before, just because of he's very charismatic and um, all the things we said at the beginning of the show. He, yeah, he's all he, of those things. Yeah, he's very charming and charismatic yeah. and very strange and very quite an interesting talker. And you yeah. can see how he coaxed all these people. Yeah, very interesting and strange to listen to. Yeah. Do you know how many people committed suicide? I don't. How many was it? 900. Wow. <laughs> There's about 900 people. Wow. Um, wow. This is another recommendation, so add it to my recommendation of the week. Yeah. This is on Netflix. It's called Jonestown, Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's quite interesting because it, it's kind of like a reenactment. So they get actors oh, okay. to reenact it. At the same time, you get his son, who survived all of it, talking about his dad. Mm. Which is quite cool. Was his son part of the um, people who were gonna? His dad was a part of it. Uh, sorry, his son was a part of it. Yeah. Oh right, okay. Yeah, he basically. Mm. I'll just give you the background, then I've got like a three-minute clip okay. of him talking. Yeah, he um, kind of was a Christian, but towards the end, he was more of a socialist. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't really interested. He he wasn't. He started off as a preacher in churches, and there were like healings around him all the time, and there was a big hype about him. But then he became more warped, I guess, and came away from Christianity, came away from faith. Um, he ended up getting all of these people to relocate and live in South America, in like this remote part of this jungle. Um, he basically manipulated these guys. He told them that the US was out to get them, that there were like concentration camps set up, that they were on the brink of nuclear war, which, to be honest, I think it was... I think this was in the 70s, so... There was a lot of talk about nuclear war mm-hmm. around that time and before that. Mm. So you can kind of see how people get yeah, getting coaxed into doing that. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was preying on, he used fear as a big influence. Um, he ended up, I think it was like 918 people or something went with him and he just, he just preyed on them with fear and he'd have what they called um, white nights. So at night he would just play like a, a siren, a siren, you know, the, um, 
the like uh, war. Yeah, the big klaxon. Klaxon yeah. tight siren. You play that and get everyone together and basically tell them we've just had word from the government. They're still out to get us. We need to do. You know, we need to do more. We need to try and hype up. You know, he's just creating fear about the outside world and that they were going to come. He actually sounds a bit like Hitler yeah. when he's talking. He says things like, if they come to us, they're going to rape you, they're going to kill your children, you need to do these things in order. And it eventually got to the point where they, yeah, he basically um, got them all to kill themselves. The idea was that if they then transcended this world, they would then get to this paradise away from all this pain and hurt. Mm. Uh, really, really interesting. The stuff he came out with and the speeches are like yeah. Hitler. They're so powerful and they're so like, and he was so dominating, so powerful. So everything he says was so like specifically focused on manipulating people and making people feel weak. If people chose not to kill themselves when it happened in 1978, I think it was, um, they were just injected with cyanide. So there's there's video footage on the Netflix, I think, of um, of uh, like people choosing. No, I don't want to do this anymore. I've changed my mind. I really don't want to do this. And them just basically being dragged away to be injected with cyanide. Oh, man. <laughs> so this is Jim Jones. No, death is not a fearful thing. It's living this treachery. Talking the congressman has been murdered. It's all over, all over. What a legacy. What a legacy. But the Red Brigade's the only one that's ever made any sense anyway. They invaded our privacy. They came into our home. They followed it 6,000 miles away. The Red Brigade showed them justice. The congressman's dead. Please get us some medication. It's simple. It's simple. There's no convulsions with it. It's just simple. Just please get it. Before it's too late, the GDF will be here. I tell you, get moving. Get moving. Get moving. I just want to uh, say something to everyone that I see that is standing around and uh, crying. This is nothing to cry about. This is something we should all rejoice about. We should be happy about this. They always told us that we should cry when you're coming into this world. Well, when we're living it and we're living it peaceful, I think we should be we should be happy about this. I was just thinking about Jim Jones. He just has suffered and suffered and suffered. He, he is the only God, and he don't even have a chance to enjoy his death here. For God's sakes, let's get on with it. We've lived, we've lived as no other people have lived and loved. We've had as much of this world as you're going to get. Let's just be done with it. Let's be done with the agony of it. It's far, far harder to have to watch you every day die slowly. And from the time you're a child to the time you get gray, you're dying. Dishonest, and I'm sure that they'll they'll pay for it. They'll they'll pay for it. This is a revolutionary suicide. This is not a self-destructive suicide. So they'll pay for this. They brought this upon us, and they'll pay for that. I leave that destiny to them. Can some people assure these children of the relaxation of stepping over to the next plane? 
We've set an example for others. We've set 1,000 people who say we don't like the way the world is. Take our life from us. We laid it down. We got tired. We didn't commit suicide. We committed an act of revolutionary suicide protesting the conditions of an inhumane world. What do you guys think of that? So that's all audio from um, the actual event, right? Yeah, so I think that was taken um, almost days. It sounds like it's right... He's really building them up to it. Uh, actually, I, I, I'm pretty sure that would have been like a day before it happened. Because he's because... like, let's get on with it. Yeah. yeah. I um, haven't actually heard that audio, that one you just played there. The um, well, what, What's really interesting, actually, I, I mentioned this um, just briefly to fill you in. He was talking about the congressman. Mm. Now, at the time, there were people outside... When this happened... This was all over the news. So they're like, why are these people? There's like hundreds of people going to live in... Like, they, they heard that this thing was taking off and going a bit... So families were getting concerned. Yeah. So I think um, the American government put a plane together of people's families to go over to try and persuade people, you need to come home. Oh, okay, right. You need to get away from this. When the plane landed, again, you see this in the documentary, but the people on the plane, pretty much all of them get murdered. Mm. There's a couple of them who make it, one of which is... Jim Jones' son, Stephen, um, who he goes out of Jonestown to a nearby town called Georgetown mm. um, for a basketball game. So they take Jonestown, have like a basketball team, and they go to play basketball. When he goes, like in the documentary, you see them like reenact it, but it's basically he, you know, his son is saying this is what happened. That before he left, his dad was saying, You need to remember what people are like out there. Don't listen to them. He's basically giving him a bit of a talk. Um, His mum, however, got him to one side. She was like, if you can get out, you need to get out. I don't know what's going on, but this is not right. You need to get out. And so, yeah, he ended up seeing this congressman who obviously saw how awful this was. Um, Yeah, so they, they, most of them got murdered, I think, off that plane. So that's him saying, well, I don't know how they got murdered. Yeah. Um, But actually, they were out to get us anyway. So, you know, it's all worked out for the best. Yeah. And we need to get ourselves yeah. off this plane. Um, what are you? What are your thoughts? To you that? know what's horrible? The how many kids you can hear? Yeah. And he's actually saying like, can someone calm these kids down? Because you know what they're going to go through is really nice. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yo, what is wrong with you, man? It's just. Mm. What do you think to that, Tiss? It's crazy. It's horrible. Quite unsettling to hear, right? Yeah. It's. He doesn't sound like the sort of guy that you'd be easily taken in by, but obviously he is if he's got a 900 followers. There's there's video footage um, on the documentary of of people inside the camp because they were getting loads of media coverage, mm. like because the idea was that they were going to go and start this new life and live off the land and just get away from people. And the idea was it for it to be like this completely organic, healthy, mm. rich life where you care for the environment. Yeah, he lured them in with something. That yeah, it was like this amazing thing. Everyone, that's why it was this paradise. People Sounds like going something you're going for, Tess. Mm. <laughs> well, that's why I'm always very wary of those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why, because it might be a mass suicide. Yeah. This is this whole episode has been put together as an intervention to you, Tess. <laughs> we, <laughs> see, we can see the road you're going down. <laughs> you're going to get lured. It already said on your test you're the victim. I'm going to get lured in. <laughs> I'm going to get lured but he's like I think that's like the main one when mm. you think of mass suicides you think of the call oh, yeah, one yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so prolific mm. and there's so much in there I really really would highly I was watching the Netflix documentary last night for the second time it's just so gripping the stuff mm. that they say uh, and he didn't just he was threatening people so they were making videos for the media to show the world how amazing this place was he would just give them stuff to say 
So like, there's one woman, I think, in that video where she's saying, no, this is a great place. We've come away from all of the stuff outside. Like, there's literally nothing happening in America, really, mm. at the time. Like, there's nothing. He just he talks about away. the Reds. Is he talking about the Russians? Um, oh, I don't know. I didn't hear that. He said something about, like, uh, it's, it's the Reds that are going to come and get us or something. He said it was something about the Reds. I think that, there, I was, um, there was a lot of civil unrest at the time yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in and America. And that was, like, a big fear, wasn't I it? I think he used that to manipulate people, mm. I guess. Um, but he threatened people with death. <clears throat> like, people, he's like, you can leave, but we'll kill you. So he's like, hmm. I'll stay then. <laughs> yeah, he's like, great, I'll stay. Is that the option I get? He's like the main one. Um, I won't talk about these for ages because um, I've got others to talk about. Another one that's quite prolific in America is Heaven's Gate. Right. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that one. This, um, I think this was um, a couple hundred people, so it wasn't as many, but it was still an awful lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea was that, uh, again, it was a religious cult. Mm. Um, they started off as just like Bible-believing Christians, and yeah. then it became more about coming away from this world to transcend, um, to go and communicate with alien life forms. Yes, that's it. I've heard about that one. It's really interesting. That's a really interesting story look, to look into. Um, Isn't there an episode of The Simpsons which is basically about that? Yeah, I think and so. Yeah, it's all about that, and he has like a fake UFO in the thing, and someone's yeah. just blowing a comb to make the noise of the UFO. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what I want to do is um, I want to talk about one more American guy and then no, sorry, two more American guys and then there's um, I want to end on on one last one. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about. Um, do you guys know about Ed Gain? Ed Gain, I recognise that name. You as soon as I, as soon as I tell you who he is, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know who okay. he is. As far as serial killers go, he he killed two people. Right. Which is that's awful, but could be is worse. it even considered a serial killer? He he is. Um, I I I think it's I think it's like any any more than one person is a serial killer. I don't okay. know. I don't know how this uh, how they work it out. But um, Ed Gain. The reason I've picked him to talk about is because he was the guy that inspired Psycho, Science of the Lambs, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think of Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw, mm-hmm. this is nothing like the way he killed people. Mm. Um, he dismembered people, disfigured people. He practiced necrophilia. Um, he was a grave robber. He then started experimenting with human taxidermy. Right. The reason it was inspiring Texas Chainsaw um, is the whole like religious, uh, like the family is so religious and it's mm-hmm. like such a tight knit family. Also, he uh, again he used to make masks out of women's skin. Yeah. So he basically cut their Ugh. skin off their face. Okay. Um, oh, have you got a picture? Got a picture of him. Yeah, it's he kind of looks a bit unusual. But he doesn't look that unusual. But he was uh, his his father was an alcoholic and his mother was like fanatically religious. Uh, he was just a bit of. I think the reason people find him so interesting is because he was the stuff he did was so crazy. Yeah, if you get a little bit of gruesomeness in it, it makes people go, "Oh, tell me about it." Yeah, because it's it's so outside of your as a normal person your thoughts of what you would do or what someone else would do. Yeah, when you hear about it, you're like, God, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's just a bit crazy. I think people like him as well because he inspired so many um, mm-hmm. like famous films. But for me, the human taxidermy bit really gets That's me. Pretty rank. That's yeah. so horrible. I think he also made like furniture out of people's skin as well so i think that's where the science of the lambs aspect came mm-hmm. in so he made lampshades out of people's skin he also made you know uh 
in um, Silence of the Lambs, there's the like the bodysuit, the horrible oh, yeah, female yeah, yeah, bodysuit. Yeah, yeah. He also basically made that as well. Um, what so, do you think about that, Tess? Tish, your face is a picture. Tish, you've gone really? from like... Where, where did you get that information, though? Like, it's not on YouTube. How do you... Well, yeah, he did this in like the... How do you Google how to make a body... Well, he just sewed, sewed it together, like he cut skin it. off and then started sewing it together in patches. Yeah, something, but... Was it something you'd wear? There's so many other things to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Isn't it? There's lots of other things he could be getting on with. Lots of other hobbies to get yourself into. Yeah, there's so much more. Yeah. Tiss, you've gone through... I don't from... like it. I really don't like it. I feel really, I feel really bad, because when we started the show, you were like bouncing off the walls, and now you're so <laughs> depressed. I hate remembering that people like this actually exist. Oh, yeah. But not just like... Like, they actually exist. Yeah. Like, really exist. It's not just on TV. When you see these films, you mm. can't help but think, oh, well, at least it's just a film. Yeah, it feels so fictitious, you can't even comprehend that, you know, this is actually based on real shit. Yeah. Mm. He actually, when he was caught, uh, he pleaded insanity mm-hmm. and got it. So you he have just, to be insane. He to went that, to a mental right? asylum. How could, You can't be in your right mind and do something like that? Yeah, I don't... For me, that's not even like a psychopath. That's just, you've, you're insane. I when can't. you've got these sheets of skin together and you're going to start sewing them together, when you start getting your needle and thread out and you're like, licking the needle, yeah. when isn't there something in your head? Yeah. Like, How did I get to this point? Like, what this am is, I doing right now? This is it's unusual. stinking, obviously. Well, if you're if you're not insane and you plead insanity, then that's pretty much you're a psychopath anyway, because only a psychopath would two. do something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Would lie. But if you look at the difference, so a psychopath is extremely calculating, very logical, knows mm-hmm. exactly... Think of Dexter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like to keep coming back to... <laughs> we like, always talk about TV shows and films. Pop culture reference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what that's what Dexter does. Yeah, yeah, The reason he gets away with it for so long is because... He's um, killing people that no one's going to miss. Oh, spoilers. I don't know what this is about. <laughs> I've only... Well, this is... I've only, seen like, I've only seen like six episodes. I haven't oh, seen right. all of... Has he but, killed someone yet? He's killed lots of people, man. He kills someone every episode, mate. It's like pretty much every <laughs> well, episode. Spoilers. <laughs> but this is actually the one of the ones where he's had a different upbringing. So he's not had a very normal upbringing. His mm-hmm. mother was an al- sorry, his father was an alcoholic. His mother was like fanatic. I think she used to pretty much their household was like ruled by preaching, mm-hmm. and he would be attacked um, and abused if he wasn't following his religion properly. If he wasn't doing what his mum was saying. She would like beat him um, and just like basically almost torture him with, um, yeah. So, not that that's the cause of it, but it's interesting to see that this is maybe one of the ones where he's had a fairly rough upbringing. Yeah. Um, it's just warped him. So, that's a game. We're going to talk a little bit about Ted Bundy. Right. Yeah, you mentioned him before. Uh, what do you guys know about Ted Bundy? I don't know a lot. Uh, I've heard the name. A lot of these names are so famous. I hear it and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that name. And then when you say who they, what they did, I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, he had a very, very normal upbringing. I'm going to show you a video clip in a minute. Is he um, the guy? I think I know who you're talking about. Is he? He's very charming. Yeah. He's extremely charming. Yeah, he was. Yeah. 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 Um, he um, he was at university. Uh, and he fell in love with this amazing woman and she had everything that he wanted. He had, she had money, class, she was very influential. Um, and then they broke up. Um, so that could be something that clicks. Like we're talking about things that click in people's, in in their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one interview which is very interesting, very 
clear and he puts a very specific focus on one element that makes him into this killer, which is really interesting. But I'm reading this on biography.com. Don't know how precise that is, but whatever. Uh, it says the exact number of women that he killed will never be known. So there's a debate about the amount of people that he actually killed because mm. some of them were just never found, but he admitted to some that the police were like, oh, I didn't even know. Who's yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. He says he killed like 30 people when the police had like 30 people already. And yeah, then he yeah. admitted like another 20, 30 names. They were like, well, hang on a minute. We thought those were the, well, who are these people? I'm just going to play you this video. Okay. I grew up in a wonderful home with two dedicated and loving parents and one of the five brothers and sisters. A home where we as, our, as children were the focus of, of my parents' lives, where we regularly attended church with two Christian parents who did not drink, they did not smoke, there was no gambling, there was no physical abuse or fighting in the home. That basically, I was a normal person. I wasn't uh, some guy hanging out uh, in bars or a bum. Uh, I wasn't a pervert in the sense that, you know, people look at somebody and say, I know there's something wrong with him with his tail. I mean, I, uh, I was essentially a normal person. I had good friends. I, I, uh, I live a normal life, except for this one small but very potent and very destructive segment of it that I kept very secret, very close to myself, didn't let anybody know about it. And part of the shock and horror for my dear friends and family when years ago when I was first arrested was that they just, there was no clue. They looked at me and they looked at the, you know, the, um, the all-American boy. And it happens, it, it happened in stages, gradually. It doesn't necessarily, not to me at least, happen overnight. My experience with, I say pornography generally, but with pornography that deals on a violent level with the sexuality, um, is that once you become addicted to it, and I look at this as a kind of addiction, like an addiction, you keep craving something which is harder, harder, something which which gives you a greater uh, sense of, of, of excitement, until you reach the point where the pornography only goes so far. You reach that jumping off point where you begin to wonder if, if maybe actually doing it will give you that which is beyond just reading about it or looking at it. I'm no social scientist, and I haven't done a survey. I mean, I, I don't pretend that I know what John Q. Citizen thinks about this. <clears throat> but I've lived in prison for a long time now. And I've met a lot of men who were motivated to commit violence just like me. And without exception, every one of them was deeply involved in without exception, deeply influenced and consumed by an addiction to pornography. There's no question about it. The FBI's own study on serial homicide shows that the most common interest among serial killers is pornography. Those of us who are who have been so much influenced by violence in the media in particular pornographic violence are not some kinds of inherent monsters. We are your sons and we are your husbands. And we grew up in regular families. And pornography can reach out and snatch a kid out of any house today. They snatched me out of my home. They snatched me out of my home 20, 30 years ago. 
and, and as diligent as my parents were, uh, and they were diligent in protecting their children, and as good a Christian home as we had, and we had a wonderful Christian home, there is no protection against the kind that the kinds of influences that are loose in the society that, that, that tolerates. Ted Bundy, then. Bundy. What do you think about what he was saying in that last interview, Tess? It's crazy. He's crazy. Obviously, well, it's obviously his analysis of what he's going through. What do you think about what he said about pornography? Um, I don't know. I didn't mean to say. Well, he was he was saying um, he focused his blame on himself, but his he was basically he was saying, saying that pornography is the key. He was saying like he started watching porn and then he wanted more extreme, so he started watching violent porn and he tried to find more and more extreme versions. And then he was like, okay, well, there's only porn only goes so far. I've got to go and do it myself. And then that got harder and harder until he ends up like raping and killing people. Because he wants more and more, he's craving it, he's addicted to it. Mm. He's saying that, he was saying that essentially every, everyone he was living in prison with who had committed violent crimes mm. was addicted to pornography in the same way that he was. Mm. So they, so he was saying that, like, sure, there's pornography, like, just casually look at some boobs and stuff, mm. but then it gets darker and darker. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, we all know the stuff that exists. I think, I think the media makes a pretty good, it feels now like porn is a much darker thing now yeah. than it was when we were teenagers. Yeah. Like it, didn't, it felt like quite a casual... Like if, I if like it was almost someone... like funny when you were a teenager. When we were young, yeah. I think the, the, the landscape of media and stuff has changed so much just from when we were teenagers to mm. now. When we were teenagers, like, oh, I found a porno mag in my granddad's loft and you bring it to school and everyone's like, oh, look at this. Yeah. Uh, it's like, that's as bad as it got... You mm. can type in anything now to Google innocently and, you know, the pornographic results come up and it's mostly kind of quite horrific. And yeah. if my teenage younger brothers saw some of that stuff, I think it would pretty much warp them Yeah, for their first exposure to what sex would be. Yeah, it's... Mm. Um, I feel like um, porn now has gone from just being like this casual... Let's be honest, when we were teenagers, every teenager at school... Any, yeah. Every teenage boy, every teenage boy at any school has, any ever has been like is... hunting for pornography because you're curious. Yeah, and normally, as a man, you're sexually um, more progressive than women. They yeah, they sexually mature after men normally. So you're hunting for stuff, and no women care about any of the stuff that your your body's telling you you're interested in. So you're hunting out pictures of naked women. Yeah. It was. It, I just found it interesting that that was what he put the blame on. It's interesting that you, you, if you see uh, people get arrested for like paedophilia, they always say that as well. Yeah, it's very similar to what I've heard paedophiles say on the news. Like I was looking at porn, and then you go further and further down the rabbit hole, and then I was looking at like, you know, paedophilia porn or whatever, mm. and then I started doing it myself, and I just got roped into it before I knew it. I was like performing heinous acts. Mm. It's like they don't notice themselves rolling down this slippery yeah. slope. It's, I just I find it interesting. I think it's something that's quite um, it's quite now, isn't it? Yeah. It's something people never, are realizing how terrible it is. I've never heard that serial killer stuff linked to pornography, but 
I can sort of see what he's saying. He's, if you're addicted to something, you're addicted to something, and then you, you go further and further. It's like if you're addicted to a drug, you mm. have bigger and bigger doses. You yeah. try and push it further and further and further. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not if enough If you're an anymore. alcoholic, you drink more and more. You drink every single day. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same thing. You're addicted to something. Mm. It's just it's something that you wouldn't think you could get... You don't consider getting addicted to because it's yeah. not like a chemical. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously, people are getting addicted to anything. People have very addictive personalities. Yeah. We people are addicted to roller coasters. Tis got addicted to roller coasters, (laughs) as we said earlier on the show. You were driving to (laughs) different theme parks every weekend. (laughs) Yeah, and I was I was watching videos online of like people going. You got addicted to Mexican food. Yeah, you were going to Mexican restaurants. Mister Addiction. Well, it was just the one. Yeah, I do. I do hit stuff till it gets boring, and then that's it. On to the next thing. On to the next thing. I kind of wish that I had that kind of have some kind of obsessive hobby for a while and then just find something else. Mm. The, yeah, Bundy, though. Yeah. As, and so, he seems, like we said at the beginning, he seems very normal. When he talks, he seems very normal and very aware. What did you guys think of the guy who was like sat opposite the table? Just like, Obviously, yeah. he was the when reporter. When it zoomed out, it made me He's laugh like, a little bit inside. Because <laughs> yeah. like, he didn't really say anything. But he was just, just terrified. There, yeah. So, yeah. so terrified. But he was... Um, that. Yeah, so... Um, we we can put the video on on the blog. Yeah, I'll put um, but um, what's what's interesting actually, I wasn't going to mention this, but I will. The that video comes from this, uh, I guess you call it like an organization or something in America called XXX Church, mm-hmm. and it's basically like a Christian organization. It's almost like a charity, I guess, and it's there for people coming out of pornography, mm. mainly porn stars who find themselves being drawn to like darker ways and Ooh. they feel like they have to come out not necessarily murder but they like it's they like this is a horrible 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 world mm. and i need to get away it's from it it's definitely not a healthy environment to be around at all no no i don't think when we're talking about when you're teenagers and you're hunting for any little bit of mm. uh, it's not exactly hard now but when we were teenagers like oh I found this porn thing whatever well you I, don't think of it as people actually doing that no, you, you don't. I think no, when you innocent. get a bit older, you think, oh, but it makes you feel a little bit like depressed mm. if, you, if you see it because it's like, oh, people are actually doing this. Yeah, and it's it's um, yeah, you're right. When 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 we were teenagers, if you could come across like some kind of porn mag mm. that was like freaking amazing, you'd be like, well, that, how... but what I said about like you know someone finds an old mag in their granddad's loft or something. That was exactly the first time I saw a porn mag. Like my someone at my school found a pornographic magazine in their granddad's loft, and they threw <laughs> really? it out, and he brought it into school. And we were like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I'll buy this from you." Yeah, we were like offering him money. People and stuff, desperate for like, it. Yeah. Oh my god! Never seen anything like this. One last one I want to look at. I'm going to keep it quick because this is draining. Right. Okay. Um, I've really enjoyed this episode, but I feel like it's. It's quite dark. I'm I'm really enjoying this episode. I'll be honest. I find it are fascinating. You, it's quite you, dark. Are you guys up for... Yeah, Tiss is like in tears. Um, oh, one last thing I'll say about Ted Bundy. Did you see he had like a tear in his eyes? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He was crying when he was talking. Um, and you could see it was like getting a bit more and more watery as he yeah. went on and on. I think... But he was like half an hour away from getting put down. Put down, yeah, like a dog, yeah. Electric chair, like that. Yeah, exactly. I think horrible. I'd be crying half an hour before that too. Um, controversial question. Mm-hmm. Do we have capital punishment in this country? Should we have it? We don't need to get into that on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a hot topic. I knew you'd answer with that. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about no, it. Neither do I. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, 
when we talked about the reasons people murder, mm. he didn't strike me as the sort of person who was a psychopath. He didn't strike me no. as someone with no empathy. No. He seemed to, through all of it, he was, it looked as if he was, um, kind, like, like he was accepting blame for it. Yeah, it def- I definitely got that vibe from him. Like, he knew he'd done bad stuff. It was almost like he was shaming pornography. He was like yeah. saying, we're, norm- we're your sons, we're your husbands, we're normal mm. men. And unfortunately for me, I just took it a little bit too far and yeah. ended up killing women. I mean, he can't blame pornography. No, he no, has to no. Blame himself, which I felt like he was, but you can't like be, oh well, he, you know, he's all right, he's redeemed. Yeah, he still did terrible things. It's like when everyone's like Darth Vader was redeemed in the end. I'm like, he still slaughtered hundreds of children. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. We're gonna do one last one. So okay. one, one last one. Keep it short. Fred West, right? Classic. When you think of serial killers in England, classic, classic, killer. he's a classic, classic killer. killer queen. <laughs> he was convicted of several quite horrendous murders in England in the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. Those were when the murders took place. He was convicted in the eighties, I think. He's one who kind of had quite a tricky upbringing, or it's like there are traits of it throughout. Um, as you go through his life, you see there are certain elements of his life where you're like, well, it kind of makes sense that he ended up doing what he did. Um, he got himself into petty crime when he was a kid, like when he was like 12, um, he was robbing people. Um, it was never proven, but when you look back at his life, they reckon now that he was like molesting girls when he was 12, 13. Mm -hmm. Um, they reckon that he got a girl pregnant when he was about 13. None of this was documented. Um, but this is, yeah, this is kind of the sort of life that he had Mm -hmm. didn't do well at school dropped out um started working on a farm this is interesting i didn't see this when i was reading this earlier but when he was 17 a motorcycle accident uh left him in a coma for a week and he Mm. came out with serious head injuries not to say that that's the cause of it uh, but he was then yeah it's just another thing after this his behavior got worse and worse and worse uh just like erratic behavior and uh this is disturbing behavior so I think his colleagues could see there was nothing crazy, just his colleagues could say there were just certain things he was doing that was just a bit odd. And so what we're going to do is we're going to watch, um, we're not going to watch all of it. Mm-hmm. There's just, um, there's a clip, eight minutes of him talking to the police. Okay. Um, I think from the way I get it, it, this is like at the end of his sentence before he actually hanged himself in 1995. Mm. But this is before he did this. Okay, it's, so we're just going to play like a snippet of this. Well, this interview before thing he hanged himself. This is before he hanged himself, yeah. Good. <laughs> Funnily enough, this is how it worked, yeah. Um, so I'll put the whole thing on the blog. We'll yeah. play a little bit of it now. You could, when, you, when it's on the blog, um, feel free to watch the whole eight minutes, but we'll just watch like two minutes so you can get a grasp. But you guys will need to come yeah, out. Yeah, I'll come out. I'm just going to listen. Okay. Um, I don't want to see his face. Okay. Rose rang me at work in the mid, uh, midday, middle of the day, um, and said the police were digging the garden up. Come home quick. So anyway, I got home. But anyway, he's a savage come, and um, I went down to the police station. I mean, I had nothing to bloody hide. When I walked in here, and I sat down there, and I could feel my head like lifting up, and then I was going sort of into space, and I could see diggers and everything all plowing round and ripping the house up and tearing the floorboards up and bulldozing the house down and it was all weird and I could, I could see it all in my mind and everything was gone wrong. I mean, I, I don't know what, I can't, I've been, I've been trying, I've been trying to explain that, what the feeling 
what happened. No, I don't know if it was pills or not. Something I can think it was. I got hyped up, nothing else. I think she's in a plastic bag, I think. You could actually see it in the corner. She so there's a big hollow in behind, this, behind it. If you look underneath the step, you can see straight underneath there's a big hole. I, mean, I can undo three quarter nuts with a spanner. I mean, just <laughs> block them on and turn them on and do them. I mean, I've been squeezed out of school in the neck. I mean, I was before the day, and I mean, I am gone. You know, I might fast forward it a bit, so what else we got? He's so erratic when like, he yeah. talks anyway. He goes like off trail and stuff like that. seems as if this YouTube user has taken his police interview and just condensed. Yeah. What, what, what did you get from that? What did you think? Um, like I say, he's um, all over the place when he talks anyway. You can see he's sort of a bit erratic anyway. Mm. Um, mumbles a lot, goes off on different directions. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of the American listeners, well, for, as an English listener, he's quite hard to understand. He's got quite a strong yeah. con- uh, country accent. But um, if you watch the video on the blog, it is all subtitled, so yeah. it, it, it does spell out more what he's saying. I think that'll be it's particularly hard for our American listeners to work out what he's saying. Yeah, but the idea is what struck me when I saw that was um, how natural that was for him and mm. for him and his wife Rose. I think they were kind of they both got convicted. Mm-hmm. I think she was accessory to his murders, but I think also by the sounds of it, she was involved in burying people. Mm. And, they bury people like in their garden. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just part of their conversation, like, "Oh, where's uh, where's Heather? Oh, yeah, she's buried at the where the fence like meets, mm. meets up at the bottom, just up down there." Oh, right. Oh, oh fuck you now. Oh, that's, that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my life stopped. I was just mm. finished. But um, yeah, he's just another prolific because of his character. I think. I think one thing that that's like a a solid stream that runs through all these people is that they're they are. Very, very unusual characters. Yes, they're normal people, but their their characters are just yeah. They kind of give you the chills. Like mm. They've made Tiss into this like Tiss is just <laughs> like lost sunken all... into himself. I can't. <laughs> he sounded a bit weird, didn't he? Like Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of what he was saying was just like I don't know. I've got nothing to hide. Oh, oh Barry, Barry's in the bed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's on about. Yeah. <laughs> Just an idiot. It's kind of gibberish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he admitted to all of it, I think. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, well, that's probably the uh, the psychopath coming out because you won't want to, you won't want someone else to take credit for the stuff you've done. 
He didn't sound like a very like controlling miniature person though. He sounded like no. someone who did stuff and didn't even realise he'd done it till afterwards and thought, Oh bloody hell, that was a bit strong, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. he didn't even know what he was doing half the time, do you know what I mean? Mm. Weird, weird bloke. Very, very strange. So he is he your last one? Um there are others. I think there's a lot more. There's like so enough many. to roll into another show further there's more down the line. Yeah, <laughs> more famous ones though, because I mean, you could go into ones that were never caught. There's plenty more to delve into. There's so much more, and I think we could do this for hours. This could yes. have been like an hour, like all our pods. This could be just hours. Um, but those were the ones for me that are like some prolific American ones, mm-hmm. some prolific English ones. Um, and maybe we'll drop back down further down the line and do, yeah. do a few more. Did I say at the start of the episode that oh, I've done loads of deep episodes over the last yeah, do something a little bit different. <laughs> I just said I just said different, and this is our first episode of 2016 as well. Happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's 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 all I had really. Okay, um, I'm just gonna do a little bit of business. Yeah, please do. I hope you enjoyed the show, even though it's a bit of a downer for the start of the new year. Hope you found it interesting, uh, and all the stuff we said, you know, it's going to be on the blog. So um, the blog is weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.blogspot.com um, and there is a donate button there if you want to donate to the pod and help out, that's up to you. Or if you want to help out the pod um, for free, the best way you can do it is tell your friends, subscribe on iTunes, you know, put it on Twitter or anything. Uh, all our Twitter addresses are on the blog as well. And um, if you want to contact us to say hi, uh, give us your own stories, any sort of stories, um, or, you know, just tell us you hate us, whatever. It's unexplainableuk at mail.com. Awesome. So let's, I think we should end before yeah. Tess just goes into some kind before of state I of depression. Twig. What is it? Something just, something just snaps. Snap. Snaps. Yeah. <laughs> twig. Mate, you before only got. my s- twig bloody snaps. <laughs> you only got 6% on your psychopath test. You're right, mate. You're right. <laughs> he's worried that he's the victim. That's what it is. Build it's still bothering him. Percentages. Yeah. Oh, no. Just to, just so you know, I was between the both of you. I got twelve percent. All right. Okay. So yeah. I'm the most likely. Yeah. Yeah. That's I can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Until next time. It's like he was storing up. He was like. Until next time. Until next time. Oh, I haven't got anything. Oh. I've been oh, thinking. Okay. Until next time. Hope you all had a killer new year. (laughs) Until next time, see you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.